helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Aldous Huxley's book, Brave New World, people's lives are determined before they are born. In many ways, life in the 21st century seemed to be predetermined. Then, just when you think it's time to close the curtain, things begin to change. First, we had the three weeks of fighting over the Speaker of the House. While a lot of people questioned this move, it appears we may be breaking the logjam when it comes to regular appropriations. Then we had the Trump indictments, but now news is coming out about the corruption that may be behind them. More and more evidence is coming out regarding the fraud in the 2020 and other elections. Maybe, just maybe, instead of a brave new world, we may be heading for a strange one. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution Teach Rising Generation Be Free. I'm glad you could join me today. Um, you know, I, I had these interesting little bits and pieces and snippets, and, and I, I've brought them together, together under this idea of, of a strange new world. Now, I don't know if a strange new world is a, good, is a good one or a bad one, but it's strange in that we're seeing changes. It is, it is not what we've seen for a, a long time. Does it mean that... Um, the idea of you know rights and justice are on the rise in the United States, uh, that's yet to be seen. Is, is this a, a Reagan revolution type event? Who knows? I lived, I was, a, I was alive during the Reagan revolution, so a part of me would like to see that. But then again, even that revolution had its flaws and had its problems. So as we look at the world, and I, and I still encounter people we're just ready to, to throw up their hands and give up. There's no way, there's no chance it's a lost cause. We start seeing the, the glimmer of hope. Like the first uh, sprout, sprouting flowers of spring that poke through the snow to remind you, yes, spring is coming. We may be seeing some of them, and well, I think it's about time we take a look at them, but not delude ourselves that uh, you know everything's going to be sunshine and lollipops. What we have here is a glimmer of hope. We have an ember of the uh, sacred fires of liberty. Now maybe we can blow on that ember. Maybe we can coax that ember and turn it into a bonfire. But for now, I think it's still just an ember. So as I mentioned, we start out with the, uh, uh, the Speaker of the House in, uh, event. And it's funny because for three weeks, I'd listened while politicians and pundits told me how the, the Republican Party was falling apart, that this was a terrible disaster, that the Democrats were going to take over, and, and all sorts of doom and gloom. You know, we kept going through, you know, first, you know, again, McCarthy gets uh, called to vacate. And then we had uh, Scalise and, and Jordan, and, and names were popping up. And, uh, you know, you, you think of, of Jim Jordan, which is interesting. I thought Jim Jordan had a pretty good chance. He, he got the nomination from the House, and I, I thought he was, uh, um, you know, that, that, that he was at least enough of the system to get, to, get a, uh, uh, to get enough Republicans to vote for him, but that fell through. And then out of nowhere comes a little-known member of the House, Mike Johnson, from Louisiana. Now, it's weird because I had people actually saying, you know, they should nominate Trump 
to be Speaker of the House. And okay, but Mike Johnson. I knew very little about Mr. Johnson when he when his name first appeared. I didn't even know he was in the running until he had won. But as I learned more and more about him, I'm like, mm, this is interesting. For example, um, after the 2020 elections, he raised some of the exact same issues I had been raising at the time. So that, of course, got my attention. I found out that he worked for the Alliance Defending Freedom, a, 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 a religious and, and, and rights, liberty-protecting organization. So that got my attention. So I said, all right, well, let's, let's wait. In. All we can do is wait and see. Johnson may be better than McCarthy. He may be worse than worse McCarthy, but we won't know until he does something. It reminded me of a story um, back when I worked in corporate America, as happens every so often, we got a new boss. My team got a new boss and we all got together and we had our one-on-one -on -one meetings with the new boss. And I remember going in and sitting down and there's the pleasantries and a little bit about ourselves and all that. And then he asked me a question. He said, so, do you have any questions? My response was, not really. They have to understand, I'd worked in corporate America for many, many years, probably two decades, close to two decades at that point. So, uh, you know, I'm, I was well down the rabbit hole. And I said, no, not really. Um, I'm much more interested in seeing what you do than listening to what you say, because I don't know you. I don't know how you do it, it keeping your word. I, I just I just don't know. So I'm going to wait and see what you do, and then maybe I'll have some questions. This took him aback, and and uh, interesting enough, one year later, he calls me up and says, so, Paul, how did I do? And it was so out of context, I didn't even know what he was talking about until he reminded me that I, that I said I would judge him based on what he did. And it turned out he was a pretty good manager. He was a pretty good boss. Yeah, there were certain things I disagreed with him on, and I let him know, but he was a pretty good boss. And I think we're going to have to do the same thing with Mr. Johnson. But what I'm seeing already, again, glimmers of hope, embers of, of the sacred fire of liberty. What do I mean? Well, just uh, what, last week, he brought uh, three bills to the floor. Three spending bills. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, there's battling between Democrats and Republicans. Maybe we should keep our powder. No, he brought three spending bills with the goal of, well, how much are we going to cut the federal spending? Now, to me, this sounded like a breath of fresh air. Do we have priorities? Where do we want to spend our money? Okay, where is that money coming from is a question, well, that's gotten pretty much short shrift lately. Now, that's not all. Um, so far, the House has passed five of the 12 appropriations bill. See, what's called regular order, the, the legal, the normal legal way of doing things is there are 12 spending bills covering different areas of the federal government. And they deal with those individually. So you've got, you know, you might have one on, on defense and another one on uh, intelligence and maybe another one on education or all that. They have each have their own spending bills. They're dealt with in the appropriate committees and then brought to the floor. Um, this again is a I would consider a rational, reasonable way of dealing with spending as opposed to what we've done over the last, what, what 20, 25 years? Basically waiting to the last minute, throw everything into this god-awful omnibus, and then expect everybody to just hold their nose and pass it. Five of the 12 have been brought so far. And again, people saying, it's never going to get through the, through the Senate. It's not going to happen. Well, um, 
guess what? It, it, the House needs to do what the House is required to do, not because they know it's, it's going to win the Senate. Now, again, you've got negotiations and they've got to, to, to uh, negotiate. But if the other side is just going to hold you hostage, you do the right thing and you show the American people um, exactly what the Senate is doing. Now, again, here's another example. This actually is an interview with uh, um, uh, Hannity was having with with several uh, uh, Republicans, I believe. But he asked a specific question of Speaker uh, Johnson. Speaker, how do you force a president that is picking and choosing what laws he will enforce and laws he will not enforce? The laws on immigration in this country are clear. They are unambiguous. We have a constitutional process. We have three branches of government. He does not get to dictate this, but he's been allowed to. He has enabled, aided and abetted, eight million people to enter our country illegally. You know, we have watched now, you know, pe uh, people from hostile regimes, our geopolitical foes, walking into this country, no vetting allowed, I mean, is this not a clear and present danger to America? Of course it is. And as we go forward... And what our, can we do? Well, with our appropriations bills for Ukraine funding, for example, we're going to marry that with border security. Those the two things are going to be handled together uh, because we believe it's a top priority. We can't be expected to take care of uh, other countries and other conflicts if we can't seal our own border. But the other responsibility we have is the power of the purse, but also accountability. And that's why our investigations go forward. We're holding these federal agencies accountable. They have been weaponized. They're being oh used God. against the very people they're designed to protect and serve. And, and we have to seek and push and force accountability in that, in that way. And our committees have been very, very busy at that. All the committees of jurisdiction, and they'll continue that. Okay, so Sean Hannity, again, kind of a long-winded uh, diatribe, a bit of a question, which is not uncommon. But I listen to the answer that, that Mr. Johnson gave. He says, first, um, you take something, he didn't put it this way, but he said, listen, you take something the president wants, you're tied to something you want the president to do. If you want money for Ukraine, well, then we're going to fix the border and we're going to tie them together. Now, the question is, will the speaker and, and will the, the House hold its water? When push comes to shove, will they continue to say, we are not going to fund Ukraine unless we also fund the border security? Now, he also went on to talk about the, the oversight committees and I've talked about those before. Um, so far, I've heard a lot of political bluster, uh, not so much of any actual impact. Right? There's been a lot, again, a lot of political points have been made, but I haven't seen anybody actually pay a price for what they've done. And uh, so, again, not perfect. Um, but I, I like this idea of, hey, let's actually use the power of the purse. If you want money for Ukraine, you have to do what we've been asking you to do and you've refused to do. And I'm, I'm glad to see that. Here's another example. So the House passed a $14.5 billion package of military aid for Israel. But Joe Biden is threatening to veto that package. Why? Well, because the House said, where are we getting this $14.5 billion? I know. We'll cut $14.5 billion out of the increase the IRS got last year. Now, listen, it, it passed, was it 226 to 196? Meaning, uh, first of all, it's got to pass the Senate. And, well, guess 
the Senate's going to get in the way. That's kind of expected. At least I would, you know, Biden has already said he's going to veto it. And not even the House, much less the Senate, has a veto-proof vote for this. But guess what? See, I keep coming back to, to a story about John Quincy Adams. See, after being president, John Quincy Adams served in the House of Representatives. And he um, he spent 17 years fighting to abolish the slave trade. And at the time, the House was pro-slavery. So all of his efforts died. They went nowhere. But year after year, he kept submitting these this legislation. And every year, it kept falling apart. And in fact, at one point, the House passed a rule that got nicknamed the John Quincy Adams gag order, just trying to get him to shut up. And after 17 years, he was asked, why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep fighting for this? Why do you keep going through this? You never win. Why? And his answer was simple. He says, duty is ours. Results are God's. You see, it's not enough for the House to simply pass legislation they know the Senate will agree to. There's a thing called negotiation, which means this is what I want. This is what you want. And we meet in the middle. Not you get everything you want and we just suck wind. So when Schumer vows to kill the Israeli um, aid bill, I think Mr. Schumer, who, by the way, is the senator from New York, which has a significant Jewish population, should be called out for standing in the way of military aid to Israel because he didn't want to take money away from the IRS. Now, to me, that seems like a pretty unpopular place to be. But the question is, again, will they do it? If the House has passed it, so the, 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 the chip has been dropped, the line has been drawn, we'll have to see. Now, there's another bill making its way, a House bill, that would cut the budget of the EPA by 39%. Again, I'm sitting there going, this is good news. I know it's not all going to get through the Senate. I know it's not all going to be signed by the president. But for once, the House of Representatives that represents the people of the United States seems to actually be doing things that the people of the United States find important. Yes, you want to fund Israel? Let's cut back on the IRS. You want uh, money for Ukraine? Let's fix the border. EPA, EPA, you're a violation. The EPA itself is a violation of the Constitution. How about we cut your funding as well? Now, I see these, again, like I said, not Pollyanna. I'm not saying that, that this is going to go through and there are not going to be changes and compromises. But for once, I'm seeing legislation, for once in the last several years, I'm seeing important legislation that the people of the United States, not the pundits, not the elite class, not the, 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 high, the, 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 the elite university ideas, Things that the people of the United States find important are moving through the House. Whether or not they die in the Senate, to me, is very interesting because a third of the senators are up for re-election in 24. So I wonder, if the Senate stands in the way of this legislation, how will that impact the re-election bid of those one-third of senators? So yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like, uh, you know, it's all sunshine and lollipops and uh, morning in America again. But we're seeing glimmers of hope. And, and the question I want the American people to ask themselves, 
what will you do to help kindle that ember? What will you do to help make it grow? Or will you simply sit back and wait and, well, if things don't work out the way you want, say, see, I told you so. Partially because you would do nothing to lend a hand. I, I Listen, I have a break I have to take. Before I go, though, you know, a good night's sleep is really important. And if you don't get a good night's sleep, you end up tired all the time, and it's, it's just, it doesn't work very well. Well, I found something that helps. Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplement. It is the only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deeply so you can wake up refreshed and ready to go. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off REM sleep or any of the products for uh, your first order from Healthy Cell. It's only your first order, but it's 25% off. Now, find the details at americaoutloud.shop. Basically, you go to Healthy Cell's website, use the code OUTLOUD at checkout, it lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, will you get 25% off your first order. While you're at it, please check out the Patriots program at constitutionstudy.com. Uh, I've been ramping it up. Uh, we're starting to see people join in. It's still in its infancy, but you can make a difference. The Patriots pro uh, program is not designed to replace what you're already doing, but to help give you tools and abilities to do it better. To, get, to have an education to help build a better argument. Lines of communication to share the information that we need, to let others know what's going on, either to provide assistance or to receive assistance. Of course, the Minutemen, the men and women prepared to come and help. Now, the Patriots program is invitation only. Find out more. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. If you take the boot camp and you pass the test, well, you can get an invitation to become a Constitution Study Patriot. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA 
Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study. Today, we're looking at a strange new world, a, a, a new world where uh, data that contradicts what we've been told for so long is coming to the fore and we're seeing it. We spent the first segment talking a lot about uh, Speaker, Mac- or Speaker Johnson and, and some of the changes that we've seen in the legislation already coming out. And again, it's an ember. It's a glimpse of hope an ember of the sacred fire of liberty. And I really want us to not only recognize that it's there because it does the spirit good, but also to see what we're going to do to help kindle that ember into a roaring fire. Now, I want to take a look at something else going on because, you know, again, President Trump uh, or former President Trump has been indicted uh, multiple places, uh, multiple counts. And uh, a lot of what I've heard said well, let's just say, um, the, the, not only does it seem to be a, a political, these mostly seem to be political attacks, either based on the severity of what's going on, or sometimes just the outright lies being being promulgated by uh, those in charge. But what's interesting actually is the, the dealing with the New York City case. Um, some news popped up that really got my attention. See, it's being reported by Breitbart News that um, uh, one of the, um, I guess she's a clerk of the court, yes. The, so the uh, Justice uh, Ngaran's top clerk, and Allison Greenfield, seems to have violated judicial rules dealing with political donations. Um, the, the defense now is, it brought, actually brought this up in court saying that uh, there's a news story out about particular political uh, contributions made by your court staff. It raises questions of impartiality. Defense will have to give serious consideration to seek a mistrial. Well, that kind of got, that kind of raised a, what? Now, what's interesting is uh, the the rejoinder, the comeback from uh, Justice uh, uh, Ngaran seems to be, well, you got it from Breitbart, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Now, that brought some interesting, because there were, according to the reports, there were actual audible scoffs in the courtroom at that. However, look at the report. Um, they, they, what they, there's a 72-page report that was sent to Ngaran's office advising of Ms. Greenfield's violations. Um, it was sent uh, via email to the court. It was also filed with the State Bar Association. This was the same day he issued a gag order against uh, former President Trump. Now, uh, Judge uh, Ngaran says uh, he's, he's never been informed about this. This is, no, he never heard of this. What's interesting is the donations can actually be found in New York State's own election database, and they total several thousand dollars. Now, why is that important? Well, first of all, there is a $500 limit on political donations 
uh, for those for for court officials. So every calendar year, they cannot donate more than five hundred dollars. Why? Because they're supposed to be independent. However, looking at the election database, uh, Ms. Greenfield gave two hundred dollars to Four Freedoms Democratic Club in New York, one hundred seventy-five to the Chelsea Reform Democratic Club in New York, uh, two hundred and ten dollars. Um, uh, uh, on another opportunity, she gave 350 to Westside Democrats in New York. She gave 50 to New Yorkers for Alex Boris, and on and on and on and on and on. So, there, you know, if there's supposed to be a $500 limit and she's given thousands of dollars in 2022, by the way, all those donations were in 2022. It does appear there's a problem. A, because she's given excessive political donations, and B, because those political donations seem to be completely one sided. Now, is this proof that the judge has been biased against Mr. Trump? No. It does show that, that one of his top clerks apparently has broken the uh, judicial regulations in New York, and that. Um, could have an impact on the trial. Again, the defense is considering uh, uh, calling for a mistrial, making a move for a mistrial. So um, it certainly does bring a little more question into what's been going on in the state of New York. And it's not just the state of New York. So in the uh, in the case in Washington, D.C., the district court, again, put a gag order on uh, Mr. Trump, saying there are things you cannot talk about while this case is going on. Well, Apparently, the uh, circuit court has uh, said, no, we're going to put a stay on that pending the appeal. Now, again, this is interesting because, again, you have a court, um, would you say acting possibly in a questionable matter to deny someone their free speech rights? Again, this is a district court, federal, First Amendment, um, without any proof that they've, or any, even a probable cause, other than what he doesn't, what the judge apparently doesn't want is Trump pointing out his opinion of how the case is being handled. In other words, he doesn't want them talk, he doesn't want Trump talking about court officials. Well, guess what? That's part of the case. If you believe that the, um, that the court is biased against you, that should be known. So, you know, that, that gag order came out, and now you have a, again, um, the Court of Appeals said, uh, no, we're going to stay that until we have a, a further decision. Now, I find that interesting for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, it's, it's one thing to say, we are going to listen to the appeal, but we're going to leave the, um, the, the order in place because, you know, we'll leave it status quo until we've heard this. No, they're saying... Uh, no, um, this is being stayed until then. In other words, it kind of gives the impression that maybe the Court of Appeals thinks there's a problem with this gag order, that they are probably going to um, uh, overrule it, and um, they're kind of getting a head start. So again, interesting situation that we're seeing a little bit more of what is going on. And, and one correction, is actually a three-judge panel of the Court of Appeals for D.C. that issued the um, the order staying the gag order from the district judge. I want to be specific. It wasn't the entire circuit court. It was just a three-judge panel. But still, it, it's, it looks like it'll step in the right direction. Now, that's not to say there weren't fireworks at the trial. Um, Donald Trump was apparently on the stand. And uh, in pure Donald Trump fashion, 
when asked a simple question, he gave an extended answer. So uh, he was asked about, um, I guess, he, he's being asked about his, the valuations. And um, uh, he turned around and said, uh, you know, hey, uh, I often didn't consider my brand value. He said that he undervalued his assets, his assets. And uh, then the judge got involved. And the judge, you know, started basically lecturing Trump and his attorney for, quote unquote, editorializing. Now, again, Trump claimed that that during that time of, of 2021, he did not pay close attention to financial documents. Well, because guess what? He says he was under attack by Democrats and all the Trump haters that he was kind of he was kind of busy being targeted by the the, the all the anti-Trumpers. and. Um, well, I guess the judge didn't appreciate that. Claimed he was he was editorializing. Um, didn't sound like that to me. But then again, um, you know, we're dealing with a with, with a New York City judge. Uh, when Judge Engoran uh, admonished the the, uh, uh, the Trump's attorney to control his client, the attorney said, "Hey, the questions asked were not succinct. Therefore, did not result in succinct answers." The fact that you don't like the answers is, to my point, too damn bad. You're a judge. But at one point, the, the judge even um, uh, apparently threatened that he would draw a negative inference because he didn't like from Trump's responses, because he didn't like what, the, the responses. Um, does anybody else sound make this sound like a, a rather biased judge? Well, guess what? <laughs> apparently Trump called him out on it. See, the judge yelled, I'm not here to hear what he has to say. All right, basically, you just, uh, you know, judicial misconduct. You're not there to hear what the defendant has to say. And he yelled to, at, at, at Judge Attorney to sit down. And uh, Trump opened up and he said, this is a very unfair trial. Very, very, and I hope the public is watching. Now, this back and forth kind of got people's attention. And and I hope people see this and 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 maybe if not change their mind at least give some consideration that um, when the judge isn't there to hear what the defendant has to say they've made up their mind already they're a biased judge and in fact Trump's lawyer uh, Alina Haba actually went out and had a press conference decrying the um, unhinged judge and the demise of the American judicial system and democracy. Um, yeah, this is, this is quite, it was, let's just say, it seemed like, like quite a spectacle. What are we seeing here? Uh, I look at this seeing, uh, that there may be some, um, there may be some bad actions. There may be more evidence of bad actions in the, uh, in the New York case. Um, I mean, Letitia and James, Having lived in New York for many years, uh, I still follow what's going on. I have a family that lives in New York. Um, let's just say Letitia James and, in fact, New York State Attorneys General kind of have a habit of uh, bullying their way to get what they want via threats and, and actual lawsuits, which looks like what may, may be going on. Uh, at one point, I saw you know Letitia James claiming that Donald Trump overvalued some of his property. And one of them, he said, was overvalued in, in a loan uh, application, overvalued property in Mar-a-Lago, his Mar-a-Lago property in Florida. 
when the evidence shows that not only did he not overvalue it, he actually undervalued it compared to comparable properties in that neighborhood. So we've seen, uh, you know, th th this is, if memory serves, Letitia James actually campaigned on getting Trump. I don't remember if her was another one, but we see these issues, but it's coming to light. And, and thank you know, thankfully, living in the information age, yes, that has its problems, but it means you can get some of this information and, and find out, hey, maybe maybe there is a political uh, uh, motivation behind the New York case. Perhaps the people involved uh, aren't as unbiased as uh, as we first thought. And, and, and maybe some of these, these the gag orders and other things, maybe... Well, maybe there's uh, a little more to them, a little th things we need to consider. I mean, while there's there's plenty to call out about a apparently biased judicial system, and I don't, you know, not just a, just a, a justice system that is is obviously biased and, and and has more and more evidence of being politicized, and we see a couple of examples of. Um, uh, I don't want to say being pushed back, but being evidence of of, of what is going on. Um, I I think I'm hoping the American people will see this and not simply write it off, but see that that its exposure is the exposure of an em of an ember to oxygen, the opportunity for the ember of freedom and liberty to glow brighter, to grow more robust, to to take the the tamping down it has been going through the last several years and maybe say that we're not done that those sacred fires of liberty George Washington talked about are not out in America I know there are people going to say it's too late pack it all up it's all over but I'm seeing evidence that it's not dead yet it's still going to take time and it's still going to take work and it's going to take people participating people getting involved because we have another election coming up. And when you find evidence, like uh, another IRS whistleblower has uh, confirmed claims that the Department of Justice meddled and, in fact, hamstrung the investigation into Hunter Biden before the election. I believe it was before the election. So, again, you see a, a Department of Justice and a judicial system. And, and if we don't deal with this, well, then what chance do we have when when you've seen when you've been shown there's a problem if you ignore it if you stick your head in the sand it only gets worse and we have an election coming up in about a year and yes we may choose a different person to occupy 1600 pennsylvania avenue to run the executive branch including the department of justice what are they going to do with this information we're going to see a another Congress with a, a where every member of the House is up for election, a third of the Senate. What are they going to do about the, the, the judges in the federal court? And in New York State, what are the people of New York State going to do? I don't remember, if, you know, I don't believe these judges stand for elections, but what are they going to do to hold accountable an apparently biased judge and a politicized attorney general? Are they going to do something about it? Or are they going to pretend like they have no input? No, one vote doesn't is, is not likely to make a difference, although occasionally it does. 
But, you know, it's not just one vote. It's the people you discuss this with. It's the people you are involved with. It's the people you talk to and educate about these types of things that make a difference. It's not simply the post you cast. It's the information you share and how that may influence the votes that other people cast. Now, if you like some of this news, do like I do. Stop by AmericaOutloud.news every day for news and information. And just like I do, I suggest you find the, the stories, the articles, the videos, the podcasts, the information that really touches you or, or expresses something that's, that's important, and you share it. See, you can't assume that everybody's getting information. There are too many sources of information to assume everybody's getting the same information you are. It's why we must look for information from other sources and why we must share the information when we find it. See, it's that, that sharing. The reason we have freedom of speech and freedom of press is so that we can express these ideas, expose other people to these situations and these, these events. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we secure the blessings of liberty. Not by silencing our opponent, but exposing what they're saying and what they're doing. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. 
Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution Study. Today, we're looking at a strange new world, a, a world where um, pointing out fraud in the 2020 election is no longer a conspiracy theory. It's just a conspiracy. Now, you may have heard, of course, you know, the you know, when they indi- in Georgia, when they indicted Trump, they indicted a bunch of other people, and many of them have been taking plea deals. Um, the, the, several of them have taken plea deals. Well, there's an interesting twist to that. See, uh, uh, Harrison uh, Floyd, uh, he's the leader of Black Voices for Trump, is is defending him. The the, the group is actually defending their leader, uh, Harrison Floyd, against allegations that he unlawfully participated in an election subversion plot in Fulton County, Georgia. Now, how do they do that? He said, but they're going to defend him because they say they have proof that Donald Trump won the state's 2020 presidential election. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a bombshell. Because Trump and, and the other defendants are accused of, um, well, basically they're com- accused of claiming that um, Joe Biden did not win the, uh, the election in Georgia. In, in fact, the indictment um, repeatedly asserts the fact that President Trump lost the 2020 elections in Georgia. What if this group can prove that he actually won? See, what the what the, the attorneys have done is they're requesting documentation. They want uh, ballot images uh, for absentee ballots. They want uh, application forms. They want reports from the the voting machines that were used. They they want apparently what they think is they have enough data to prove or believe they believe they can prove that um, no Donald Trump actually won the election, which basically destroys the entire all, the indictment. If the indictment is is based on the fact that Trump lost the election, what does it mean if he won? Now, to me, that brings up a, a, a more interesting constitutional question, because. Although Trump won the election in 2020, I'm sure there are people going to be claiming that um, now everything Biden done is illegal and, and, and whatnot, but that's not the way the presidential election works. And yes, I'll be doing uh, articles and videos and episodes about how we actually elect a president as we go through this election year, so um, keep your eyes open. But it would lead to questions of maybe criminal accusations against people in um, Georgia. It certainly would seem to be uh, the ability to find innocent Mr. Trump if the if all of the charges are based or most of the charges are based on the fact that he lost the election when he actually won. Eh, that to me is a big deal because recently in the, in the September twelfth uh, Democratic primary for Bridgeport Mayor in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, the judge, literally a judge, overturned the, uh, the election. He said the evidence presented was shocking. So the, the, um, apparently one of the candidates, a John Gomes, uh, presented evidence indicating that there were fraudulently cast ballots, uh, absentee ballots in that election. 
Now, state law does allow for absentee voting, but there are a lot of rules, several rules they have to follow. One of them is that a person who helps distribute more than five absentee applications must register with the town clerk as a distributor. Why is that important? Uh, because uh, apparently, um, I believe it's two city workers who supported another mayor candidate. Um, well, they distributed more than five ballot applications without registering with the uh, without the, the 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 city clerk as required. I'm sorry, the town clerk as required by state law. Furthermore, they were not designated by the voters to drop off their absentee ballots. Yet there is video showing them dropping off multiple absentee ballots on multiple absentee on multiple occasions to multiple drop boxes. Now, what does this mean? Well, the judge basically said, okay, now you've got to do it again because that, again, that's a Democratic primary. But if the Democratic, if there's that much evidence of fraud, um, what are we going to do? We could look back and, and, and relitigate the 2020 election, but my big question is, what are we going to do for the 2024 election? If this happened in a primary for the upcoming election, um, I believe Connecticut, I believe this mayoral race is, is actually this November. What can we expect for 2024? And again, not just for president. Granted, president's the most visible, but you've got Congress. You have state and local elections. See, if we don't have free, fair, and open elections, then we're not a republic. We're something else. Which brought up another interesting point. Governor Hobbs of Arizona is taking $2.3 million from the uh, American Rescue Plan Act. You remember the one that was supposed to, ha to, uh, to help with COVID relief? Yeah, she's taking $2.3 million of that money and putting it towards elections. Now, that's not all. She also issued uh, three separate uh, executive orders. Uh, one would allow state employees to take time off as paid leave to be poll workers. Uh, another uh, pr uh, promoted, uh, I'm sorry, prompted uh, state agencies to provide voter registration information and assistance to Arizonans. And the third would allow state government buildings to be used as voting locations. Now, all in all, uh, you know, other than the polling worker, uh, the 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 concern I have with paid leave to act as a polling worker, um, I'm not so sure about that. But the idea of hey, you know, voter information, is it being biased or not? But just take the two point three million dollars. Um, that's embezzlement. Ma'am, if the state received this money to do one thing and you're using it for something else, that is called embezzlement. I'm pretty sure that's justification for impeachment of the governor. So we, we you have to look at these, these election scenarios and say, is there a glimmer of hope that we're seeing the monolithic, um, you know, my way or the highway is starting to crumble as we are seeing these? And, and, and are we seeing people well, doing all they can to grasp and hold on. Because these upcoming elections, you know, everyone says the, the upcoming election is the most important ever. And maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But as I look at it, after seeing the debacle of 2020 and 2022, I have to ask, what are you going to expect from 2024? Because the aftermath, 
the outcome of that, to me, says a lot about American culture and the American people. See, in addition to the racism and hypersexualization we have seen out of governments over the last several years, well, the recent attack by Hamas has brought out has brought to light the amount of anti-Semitism that still exists in this country. Now, elections can deal with well elected offices, and you know if you if you believe that a a Rashida Tlaib or an Ilan Omar or a Cory Bush, a a demonstrated anti-Semitic uh, a, gr- a group that has uh, supported um, directly or indirectly the Hamas and their murderous, uh, uh, absolutely horrific actions on October 7th, if that's who you want to vote for, that's your right. But it tells me a lot about you if you're willing to vote for people that support that. But the other thing we have to consider is what else? Where else are we seeing the the where's a lot a lot of this anti-Semitism coming from? Well, it's coming from the fact that a lot of a lot of it is being indoctrinated in our schools. Yes, our primary schools, our secondary schools, and our higher education campuses across the country as they face anti-Semitic harassment, bullying, even death threats. Now, some Jewish students at Cornell, Harvard, NYU, MIT, Stanford, UC Berkeley, and others are preparing to take their colleges to court for not doing enough to protect them. Joining me right now is the attorney representing these students in upcoming lawsuits, Mark Ressler. Mark, thanks very much for being here. Thanks for having me, Maria. Can you tell us about these lawsuits? Absolutely, Maria. Um, There has been a spate of horrible incidents against Jewish students at the schools that you just mentioned. And we're going to use Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to force universities what they should have been doing for years now, namely comply with the law and eliminate the hostile educational environment they've permitted to fester and grow on campus. Not surprising. I have a slightly different view of what uh, of this. Uh, I, I'm not saying that um, the students shouldn't sue. If they are spending this money and the school is supposed to be providing security and they are being harassed uh, because of their faith, I believe the school has something to, to do about it. But what about the criminal aspect of this? If someone is being harassed, if they are being uh, threatened, if they are, are being treated this, where are the legal consequences for the students participating in this? See, to me, this is part of a larger issue. See, when, when a Black Lives Matters wants to demonstrate and they loot and they riot and they, they um, commit arson, and, are, and are, even if and in the rare occasions when they're charged, those charges are dropped, what does that say about us? So here we have a group of students. And again, this is happening, from what I hear, all across the country, where um, pro-Palestinian demonstrations, including, by the way, uh, demonstrations of large demonstrations outside of the White House, are allowed to happen, where, where harassment and bullying of, of, um, of Jewish students is allowed to happen, while a student that uses the wrong pronoun is punished, we're seeing this problem. Now, the question is, will the fact that this is coming to light, will it make a difference? 
you know, you, you don't vote on, you know, who runs Cornell or MIT or NYU. But you know what? You do vote for the people, well, that provide funding for some of these schools. You do vote for people who um, maybe decide where student loans can be used. The very idea that doing student loans is, a, is another problem, but you do have a say. The question is, are we going to deny support for people who um, promote these, these anti-Semitic positions, these racist positions, or are we going to support those who are fighting against it? And that, to me, is, the big, is a bigger thing. It's, it's one thing to complain about those who are actively uh, acting in a racist manner. The question is, what will we do to come to the support of those who are defending those who are being attacked? That will come to those, you know, that, that rather than supporting BLM and Antifa, are supporting their victims, the individuals, the families, the business owners whose lives were destroyed by these riots. To the, the families, listen, you may not like Israel, you may not like Jewish people. Do they ha- does that mean they have the right to be harassed and othered? There's a lot going on. In fact, I'm, I'm making plans for, for tomorrow's episode, and I want to get into this idea of depersonalizing. I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, uh, I'm thinking about it for you know, later this week, but we have to decide. When we see these attacks, are we going to blow on the embers of liberty, on that sacred fire of liberty, to stand up for what is right and what is just? As I've been talking to people around this country, I find it interesting that there are a lot of people that talk the talk, but they don't do. Or I should say, let me rephrase that, their do is limited. You know, it's one thing to say, um, go to a politician and complain. It's another thing to go to a politician and congratulate them. It's more important, how do you support them when they do the right thing? I start out this program talking about Speaker Johnson and the things I've seen so far that he's done right. Not saying he's perfect, not saying he's not going to make mistakes. I support him. Same way I told my county sheriff. If he protects the rights of my family and his deputies, then I will support him when he does so. What do we do to support what is right? See, that's what I mean by blowing on the embers of the sacred fire of liberty. Remember George Washington's words from his first inaugural address. He said, And since the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the Republican model of government are justly considered as deeply, perhaps as finely staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. That sacred fire of liberty, that Republican form of government, are staked in our hands. We spend enough time pushing against what is wrong. It's time we add supporting what is right, blowing on those embers of liberty, guarding those sacred fires, working to, to maintain the Republican model of government, not the Republican Party, but a Republican model of government where we, the people, hold the sovereign power and we loan some of those powers to government 
and we have our representatives exercise those powers. That's in our hands. Let's stop playing defense. Let's play a little bit of offense. Let us support those who are supporting liberty. And while that may seem strange to some of you, I think it's a strange new world we would enjoy. While it would certainly be anathema to to many who have guided our society over the last decade or so, this strange new world, a new world ruled by justice and, and rights and liberty, I think is one we would enjoy. I know there are people that will hate it, but I think the vast majority of us would enjoy it. But it's only going to happen if we do our part and we take that experiment that's been left in our hands and we do all we can to preserve it. That's what we're doing here at the Constitution Study. And I hope you come back and join us every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. My episodes also go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. So you can listen in your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. That's how other people find the Constitution Study. That's how we spread those sacred fires of liberty. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But don't take your, your, your fire, your, your fire of liberty, don't put it under a bucket. Don't hide it under your bed. Place it on a lampstand where all can see. You do that by sharing these links and sharing this information. And by doing so, sharing the blessings of liberty. <laughs>